gospel accounts of others doing exactly the same thing. I'm not going to go into the differences between them now, but in one of the other ones, there is that woman who did what she could, and that's in Mark's gospel. We're not told in Mark's gospel it's Mary. It is probably a, a different situation. But I'm drawing the parallel with that because this Mary did what she could. She'd sat at the feet of Jesus and learnt from him. You remember the occasion when um, Martha came and reprimanded her and the Lord said she has chosen a good thing. And so she sat at the feet of the Lord and learnt of him. And that's what we all need to do continually. Uh, my pastor <clears throat> from many years ago, um, and Steve and Liz will remember him, had one, a number of memorable sayings that fix in your mind. And he said, we're all like colanders. We leak. And so you need to be filled with the word of God again and again and again. And so we need to sit at the feet of Jesus as Mary had done. And here she is at the end of Jesus' life, still wanting to be there, still wanting to sit at his feet, as it were, and learn from him. And so we need to be able to do that. So is our religion just mechanical? Is it perfunctory? Are we just going through the motions because that's what we think we ought to do? Oh, I'm a little tired tonight. I don't think I'll go out tonight. Or I've had a busy week. I'm not saying those things don't have relevance, but we need to question our motivation and question our hearts when those things take place. They want me on this committee. They want me at that meeting. They want me to do this. And I don't sure that I can do that or I want to do that. Well, you need to check again, don't you? I'm going to surprise you now. I'm going to quote a line from a a pop song from many, many years ago. And the line is, you're a short time living and a long time dead. There was a humorous group called the Wurzels. It just, the phrase just stuck in my mind. It's from many, many years ago. Well, of course, the, the pop song was trying to suggest that you have a wonderful time because you're only alive for a short time and you're a long time dead. But we're a short time living. We're a long time alive with Jesus Christ. But your short time living here, how are you going to use it? Are you going to use it in his service? Are you going to use it for him? Because if we live three school years and ten or eighty or ninety, it's still a short time living. It goes so fast. How are we going to use it? Are we going to use it for his honour, his glory? Are we going to desire to do all we can to serve him? I pray that we will. Mary's motivation here was misunderstood. And maybe your motivation may be misunderstood. Her generosity was misunderstood. She gave the most precious thing she had as far as we can discern from the scripture. Are you willing to do give that? And your most precious thing may be time. You may be so busy with many things that are right and proper. But are you prepared to give a bit more time? And you will be like Mary and I will be like Mary not understanding the significance I don't think when you read this account that Mary initially understood the significance of the gift of the anointment that she was making. She wanted to give something precious to Jesus Christ. I'm not entirely sure that she understood it was for his anointing, for his burial, until he had explained that. And so you may give, not fully understanding and appreciating how the Lord will use it. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to be willing to give and then hand it over to the Lord and he will use that. The same as the trustees, I'm sure, 
they have that responsibility because it's other people's money. But at the end of the day, they give the, the sewing machines, they give the money, and then the responsibility is the Lord's. And that, I don't doubt that is how they wrestle in their trustee meetings on how they should respond to requests. At the end of the day, Lord, we have sought to do what's right in your sight. We have given the money, and now, Lord, it's your responsibility. It was his responsibility all along, but we need to be aware of that too. <coughs> she may simply, <coughs> excuse me, Mary may simply wanted to honour her guest. She thought so highly of Jesus Christ, rightly of course, she may simply just wanted to honour him with this anointment of this um, wonderful uh, um, anointment. We don't know that. So we can never understand the full significance of what we're doing, but that should never limit us in whatever way we can serve him. We should continue to do that again and again. We cannot fully comprehend all these things. And the Lord doesn't always tell us. And the Lord may well never tell us. We may go to our grave and not know what we have done. That's not our responsibility. But the Lord can and does use our efforts, however feeble they may be. Yes, of course you need to be wise with your stewardship. Again, it's a trustee meeting, particularly this evening. And they need great wisdom and discernment. And as was prayed, they pray that they will be given that wisdom and discernment. And they ask the Lord to guide them. But nevertheless, at the end of the day, it is the Lord's work. And so, as individuals, we must give without counting the cost, as Mary did here. Mary didn't fully understand, and Mary didn't understand the implications of what she's done. And we often don't do that too. She's been with the Lord so often. And so we think that she ought to have a better insight to the will and purposes of God. And if you spend time with the Lord, you may have a slightly better insight. But you will never know all. The Lord doesn't want us to know all. The Lord doesn't tell us all. He calls us to be faithful, loyal servants of his and to serve him in the way he would have us work. The Lord can take from us what is totally inadequate and use it mightily and use it to fulfil his purposes. So this Lady Mary, she did what she could. There was nothing else she could do. She had no other resources. She gave what she had. And in Mark's Gospel, on the different account, that is the phrase the Lord used. She has done what she could. Would that be an epitaph on your gravestone? So and so, they did what they could. What a wonderful thing that would be if that could be true of you and I on our tombstones. <clears throat> so this lady has done what she could. It leads us on to the next one, the lad who gave what he had. But before we go, in Mark's Gospel, I've just reminded you, I just want to emphasise it again. I know I'm repeating slightly this evening, I'm doing it on purpose because I want to put over the point we have this phrase, she did what she could. I pause and ask you, are you? Are you doing what you can? Have you done? Is your desire to continue doing that until you life and breath are taken from you? Does your heart ache, Lord? What more can I do? I trust it will, and I pray the Lord will give you that desire. So the lad who gave what he had you know what I'm speaking of, feeding the 5,000. And the Lord went over the sea to speak to the others. 
it's interesting how often the Lord went to a, a distance to speak to just to one person. The woman, the woman at the well in Samaria. He must needs go through Samaria, the, 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 uh, the Bible describes it as. He, he doesn't normally go through there, but he, he must go through there to this one particular woman. He goes to the Canaanite woman. But here he's going travelled across the sea to speak to these. He's going up into the, into the mountain there to pray and to spend time and the crowd come. The Bible says there's 5,000 and we think that's the 5,000 men because that's how the scriptures recorded. It's probably double that number, the total with the women and the children there. A huge number of people there. It's been a long day and the Lord says to Philip, where shall we buy bread? Why does he ask Philip? Well, Philip was from that area. And so me, I, I don't live in Crober. If I wanted to know where a good baker was, I'd say, can you tell me where a good baker is? It, it's, it's very human. You can see the humanity of Jesus Christ as well as the divinity time and time again. Philip, where would we buy bread? But he asked Philip, and there's a wonderful phrase, because he knew what he would do. He knew the answer, but he wanted to prove Philip. But from the other disciples' point of view, it was a logical question to ask Philip because he would be the one who would likely to know. And so we see a greater significance there. And so you can see again, the ultimate responsibility for our efforts is the Lord's, not ours. Because of this wonderful phrase there in John chapter 6, he knew what he would do. And the Lord knows what he's going to do. The Lord knows what he's going to do when you spend money, send money to Uganda or when you send a, a sewing machine or what other things you support. The Lord knows that. But you, we are just mere instruments in his hand. And it's a wonderful privilege to be an instrument. But the Lord knows what he would do. So serve him in accordance with his will and his desire if you possibly can. But ultimately he is in control. The Lord puts us in difficult positions. He put Philip in this difficult position. 5,000? How can I get bread this time of night to feed 5,000? It's impossible. And the Lord puts us in positions where it seems impossible. And yet the Lord knows what he's going to do. And sometimes there's an Andrew, we haven't read the account, but in John, 6, uh, John chapter 6, you'll read that the other disciple there, Andrew, said, well, there's a lad here who's got five loaves and two fishes. What, but what are they against so many? Undermining the efforts. And I'm going to come back to that point. There will be those who will seek to undermine your efforts. And you need to guard against that. Listen by all means, because it may be, have some truth. But be careful. It may be just seeking to undermine what you are wanting to do. And when he has shown us, and when he had shown them their total inability to resolve the situation, how to feed these 5,000, then Christ shows his total ability. And that's where we must rest. We serve and we give. So, what does he say? Well, he said, tell them all want to sit down and to eat. You're familiar with the parable, I'm sure. Not the parable, the narrative, I'm sure. I don't need to go over the details with you. And so this lad comes and gives his all. He gives the five loaves and the two fish. He didn't say, I'll give you four and two fish, I'll just keep one for myself. That would have been a normal thing to do. But we know how uh, fiercely and how sternly Ananias and Sapphira were reprimanded, indeed put to death, because that was their desire. 
they sold something, gave the money, but kept a little back secretly. And so this young lad gives everything. He's a wise lad. He's come out with sufficient food for the whole day, and he gives it all. We're back to um, Mary giving her most precious gift. This lad has given what he had. Are you prepared to do that? Don't say, I'll keep a little bit back. I won't do this now. I won't do that now. And then they gathered up 12 fragments. Have you ever thought about that? How many disciples are there? 12. So they go out with 12 baskets and at the end of the time of feeding them all, there is a basket for each disciple. The Lord gives abundantly, over and above what we need and can expect. He's fed the 5,000, or as I said, it's probably 10,000, and then there is still sufficient for many days to feed the disciples as well. Where was that from? A young lad who gave what he had. And we read there in the end of that, uh, end of that account, when these men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus said, this is of a truth, a prophet, that should come into the world. There was evidence then that the Lord Jesus Christ was at work from what they had seen. Jesus took their apparently feeble efforts and resources and it gave evidence of him. And it will do that for you and I. When we give our feeble resources, and at best they're feeble, the Lord uses them and it gives glory to him. And that surely is our ultimate desire, isn't it? I've not much to give. I'll give of myself. And there will be those who will restrain you. You're giving too much. Not seeming to understand all that the Lord has done for you. A few weeks ago we thought of Easter time, didn't we? And we thought of the, of the crucifixion. But go back three, two day, the day before in the Garden of Gethsemane and been in an agony. Jesus Christ was in an agony in the garden. If it be possible, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. And you hold back? No. Give all. Give, not counting the cost. Lord, what will you have me to do? And then he went on to suffer and to bleed and to die. Was scorned and hated and, and treated so terribly. I don't need to remind you of those things. I trust you're very familiar with them. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. All. Is it easy? No. Is being a Christian easy? No. Is there any other way to live? No. Live for Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but sometimes I suffer from what I understand the phrase is compassion fatigue. I find it particularly, uh, we get the Barnabas magazine, and no doubt many of you do too, and you read it, and and I can hardly read it through. I just feel overwhelmed with the, the need and the terrible circumstances so many of our brothers and sisters live in, and I just feel, I can't read very many pages at once, I have to put it down. I'm just overwhelmed with it. 
And I, I sometimes feel, Lord, I, I just can't be compassionate anymore. And I think that's just being human. I'm being honest with you. And maybe you suffer something of that. There is so much need in so many places. And, and you don't know what you can do about it. Well, the last character I want to remind you of is the widow who cast in her last. In those days, being a widow almost certainly must have meant that she was poor. There was no um, facility to, um, to, for widows to be catered for. As you know, in the early church, in the chapters of Acts, we read there how they set up systems to help the widows. But in the days before then, there was little help for widows. And this widow came to worship. It was a struggle for her to get by. Every day would have been a struggle. Probably not enough money to buy food for herself. And she is careful. But she's not careful to give. She gave everything that she had. She cast in her last. So I get disappointed when I hear people say something like, I'm rather too busy, or I don't think I can do that. Well, I'm not gifted in that area. Or don't talk to me about that. These are phrases that I've heard over my life, and and you may hear them too. Those who know me, one or two here know me, I live with that constant fear that I will stand before the Lord And he will say, Tim, I asked you to go, I asked you to do this, or I asked you to do something else, and you didn't do it. I don't find it easy standing here. I didn't find it easy saying yes to Peter. But my fear is, the Lord will say, you were given an opportunity, and you didn't take it. What's your motivation? You've got to stand before Jesus Christ. And we will see him as he is, John's letter says. We will see him face to face, that dear face. Will you be able to stand before him humanly? Of course, all of us fall short. But will you be able to stand before him humanly, knowing that you have done all that you could? That you've given what you had? That you have cast in your last? Searching, aren't they? You say, well, I cannot speak. Well, Moses had that argument with the Lord. And when you read the account back in Exodus, it is, it's a very solemn reading, really, because Moses is arguing with God. And God eventually has to say to him, who gave you your mouth? And so when you say, I'm not able to do a particular task, I'm not saying be unwise in asking someone like myself who has no financial ability to ask me to look at the accounts, that would be nonsensical. But within reason, we can all have qualities that we can give. And so we must do them. So you can ex- extrapolate out from Moses' experience that God is asking him to go, and God wouldn't ask him to do something that he will not equip him to do. And you can, say, align that to your particular situation yourselves. Back at our former church many years ago, I'm mentioning Steve and Liz because we worshipped together for so many years. And there was an elderly, very godly man there. He'd been a deacon for 25 years and had come to live in Ringma in the very latter part of his life. He was in poor health. He'd been a diabetic for 50 years. He was one of the first people in the country to go on insulin, apparently. 
Diabetes, as you know, means your blood um, is affected and he'd already lost one leg. He'd lost one eye. He was constantly having going into hypos. We as a family used to pick him up and take him to church every Sunday. And in his pocket he'd have biscuits and more than one occasion I had to dive in his pocket and get a biscuit and force it into his mouth because he was going into a hypo. I went to pick him up one evening. It was winter time. And during the afternoon, we'd had a small amount of snow. So Will comes out his front door, because of his only got one leg, he's got a false leg, He come, and he's very old now, he's well in his 80s. He's on a zimmer. It's almost humorous. He's coming along the path towards the car, and he says to me, there won't be many out tonight. Why is that, Will? keeps the old ones in he says (laughs) he's 85 or more one leg one eye in terrible health it keeps the old ones out I'm still going to serve is that the desire in your heart are you like that man Will Will Napton a very godly man who to the end of his days wanted to serve and you couldn't keep him away from the service if it was at all possible so say with Isaiah Lord here am I Send me. (coughs) Say with the Apostle Paul, as he was Saul at that time, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Say with Philip, my imagination now, and I want to always qualify when I talk about imagination, uh, scripture and my imagination, my imagination is that when Philip was told to go down to that desert road to Gaza, he would have wanted to know why from the Lord. Lord, you've sent me here to Samaria, a great work is going on here, there are many being converted, many adding to the church, and you want me to leave it all and go down that desert road? What for? There's nobody there. Maybe you're like that. Just one Ethiopian Yeah, that's what I want you to do. And you'll go down there and you will find that one Ethiopian and he will take the gospel into Africa. We don't know what will come from the efforts that we make. We just need to be obedient. And sometimes the Lord takes us from a busy work in Samaria, a successful work as we would measure it, and now go down to Gaza. Go on that desert road and there will be that one man Maybe you'll be like Gideon and have to say, I'm the least in my father's household. And that may well be true, and some of us are like that. So Jesus, sorry, Judas made a pretense of serving. Mary, in our passage, gave so bountifully. What about you? Are you the woman who did what she could? Are you the lad who gave what he had? Are you the widow who cast in her last? Is that how you're going to continue living? I exhort you to do that. Amen. Uh, close, shall I announce the hymn? Yeah, our closing hymn now is Facing a Task Unfinished That Drives Us to Our Knees. <clears throat>
Our Heavenly Father, we have seen in your word the accounts of those who gave so willingly. We pray that for each of us here this evening that these things may rest in our hearts and minds and that you will grant to us further opportunities to serve you and that we have a, have a willingness to do what you would have us to do. We pray, Lord, that you would grant us wisdom and discernment and understanding. And we pray especially for the trustees with the great responsibility they have for this trust, that they may be given that discernment too in how to wisely um, appropriate the monies to those in need. We pray, Lord, for those who receive it, that they may use it wisely too. We ask, Lord, because your word said, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth liberally and upbraideth not. And so we're asking for wisdom from ourselves and for those who receive the monies. Lord, bless us then, we pray. Take us to our homes in peace and safety. And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forevermore. Amen.